hour number two, Terrific Football Tuesday. Nick and Ken here with you on the BetQL Network. Great to be simulcast by our friends at Stadium for the next two hours. Watch Stadium.com, YouTube TV, Roku, Amazon, Fubo, Samsung TV Plus, Tubi, and more. Thank you very much for joining us here on Stadium. And we got a banger of a couple hours coming uh, your way. Pete Prisco from CBS Sports is going to join us in just a moment. Love having Pete Prisco on the show, breaking down week number eight in the National Football League. 20 minutes from now, we'll get back to our handicap of week eight of the NFL. We'll talk Ravens and Cardinals from Arizona, the Niners and the Bengals from the Bay Area, and then Sunday Night Football from L.A. with the Chargers and the Bears, Monday Night Football from Detroit with the Lions and the Raiders. Former NBA general manager and NBA TV analyst Ryan McDonough joins us one hour from now as NBA opening night tonight with the Lakers and the Nuggets, the Suns and the Warriors. And an hour and 20 minutes from right now, Ken, myself, and Tyler Morales will fill out our NBA predictions for this year and put them in the old bucket of bets as the bucket makes its stadium, its television debut. So we're looking forward to that. And if you want to check out the final hour of the show, the Power Hour, which I would highly recommend every day, but especially today, all our bets for Frozen Frenzy in the National Hockey League, all 32 teams are playing. We'll talk all 16 games, side total and props for the two games tonight as the NBA season gets underway. And we will tell you the games that we've already bet for Week 8 in the NFL. But joining us right now to kick off the, the festivities, the fun and frivolity here on this Tuesday on Stadium is our good friend Pete Prisco from CBS Sports. You follow Pete on Twitter at PriscoCBS. You watch him on CBS Sports HQ and you read him on CBSSports.com and he's the absolute best. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Happy week eight in the NFL, my friends. Yeah, well, it can't be any worse than week seven, right? With our picks and your, probably your bets and everything else. Oh, what a bad week. <laughs> Well, bad weekend, you know, a lot of backup quarterbacks, low scoring games. You, know, you never want like as an NFL fan, even much less a better like you don't want the story to be that like no one's scoring and like the games are not fun. Like you don't really want that to be the story. And, and speaking of quarterback news, Pete, and, and backup quarterbacks, we had some news with the Titans earlier today that was just really interesting. Would love your take on not just what they're doing, but how does it impact this game uh, against Atlanta? where the Falcons have been bet out to two and a half point road favorites. And part of the reason for that is that the Titans are telling you basically, okay, like Will Levis likely to start a quarterback, but Malik Willis will also play. And we don't really know how that's necessarily going to work. How do you think it's going to work? And what do you make of that game with Atlanta two and a half on the road? Well, I think they should just play Will, Will Levis and get on with it. I mean, you have to find out what you have in him. I think you've already determined what you have in Malik Willis. I mean, all you got to do is look at the numbers and, 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 see how long he holds the football. I think it was the last game out, Ryan Tannehill threw the ball in like 2.4 seconds, and he held it over three, and he's getting sacked. He's not going through his progressions. And uh, it's clear now to anybody that watches him, and if you watch the tape, you can really see it. He's not ready to play quarterback in the NFL. So go find out what you have in Will Levis. And I think ultimately that's what they're going to do. They're going to start him. I think they're putting the caveat out there in case he's a disaster right from the word get-go. But if he plays well and he does start, then I think this might be the guy going forward. You know, you saw the fire sale with Kevin Byard. Um, you know, there's a possibility Henry could be next and, and probably somebody else down the line. So um, you may as well get on with the young quarterback and find out what you have. Yeah, and like, and we said this on the show yesterday, if the the Titans told everyone how they felt about Malik Willis when they spent a second-round pick drafting Will Levis this past year. Like, I don't think they think Malik Willis is the future. So maybe it will be Will Levis starting the game and playing Pete the entire game. So I will create a scenario that I think we are likely to see in the betting market, and we will have a decision as betters to make when that decision is placed before us. If and when the Titans announce, and it could be like, 
Levis will be the question here for now, but it could be anyone not named Ryan Tannehill, right? So Will Levis is starting for the Titans. The Atlanta Falcons go out and become a three-point road favorite on the road at the Titans with Mike Vrabel and Will Levis. What would you like in that game? Like, if you had to bet that game, Atlanta minus three on the road at Will Levis in his first start, what would you do and why? Well, Nick, anybody who follows me and uh, understands where I felt about Will Levis last year is uh, I think he's going to be a big-time quarterback in the league. So I, I And Mike Vrabel is usually good in his spot. When his team looks like it's dead and done, uh, they respond. And so I, I would probably lean to the Titans getting points. Let's not forget, too, that the Falcons are playing back-to-back road games and also that the Falcons are coming off a division game, which is tough to do. So uh, add it all up, and if Levis plays, I would lean to the Titans. If Willis plays, I'd probably lean the other way. Peter, really surprising result last night. Monday Night Football, obviously the Niners go off as basically a touchdown favorite on the road and lose to the Vikings. Now, maybe that game was more about the Vikings and they're kind of improving and figuring things out without Jefferson. Or maybe the Niners are kind of beat up and maybe they're not like a super team like we thought they were. They're just a really good team. And we see this, Peter, a really interesting game next week and the market kind of responding to maybe a little bearishness on the Niners. They opened a six-point favorite at home against Cincinnati off their bye, obviously. That's 425 Eastern time on Sunday. And this has been bet down now to five and a half. And I, as I look at the screen right now, some of the five and a half is getting bet with Cincinnati. So the Bengals taking money, the line shrinking. What do you make of that game? Have you changed your opinion on the Niners at all here? And, and what do you like in this game, if anything? You know, look, the Niners had injuries on offense, but they don't have any on defense. And that was the most concerning thing to me uh, Monday night is they're supposed to be this vaunted pass rush with these linebackers that can fly to the football and, and the secondary that, you know, gets isn't great, but gets covered up by that pass rush. They were exposed in a big way, and it wasn't a good look for them. So that's the most concerning. You know, people will point to Purdy at the end of the game, and yeah, he has, you know, if you look at his numbers when he has, when he's from behind, he's not been very good. So that's a concern. But the defense, that, that's supposed to be your calling card, and they weren't very good. Now you get Joe Burrow coming off the bye, like you mentioned, healthier, uh, and that offense can get it cranked up. So I'd probably lean to the Bengals with the points in that game. Uh, but again, wounded animals sometimes come home and fix themselves. We saw that with the Eagles this week. So that's always a little concern there. Pete, Pete with a lot of leans thus far. We got to get like a firm pick from Pete at some point before the end of this interview on one of the games this weekend. Pete, maybe it'll be the Vikings-Packers game coming up on Sunday in Lambeau. So we talked about like the Niners part of it. I mean, I bet the Niners last night I was wrong. Like Kirk Cousins was awesome. He Addison was awesome. The defense played really well. And as a result, uh, this line has flipped where the Packers were favorites yesterday. Then Monday Night Football happens. And now, Pete, the Vikings are a small road favorite at Lambeau. Basically still pick the winner of the game. So I'll ask you, Pete, pick the winner of the game coming up on Sunday. The Packers hosting the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to take the Packers. Short week. You play a good physical team. You come off that, and now you got to go on the road in the division. That's tough. And here's the other thing. I think you saw the second half of the Packers game a little differently than you might have seen the first half. And by that, I mean, I thought the play calling in the first half was awful. It was the first time Jordan Love had his full complement of weapons, and they were way too conservative. They didn't drive the ball down the field. Now, they fell behind, and he had to, and he looked better. And I think that's something to keep an eye on going forward. I think they have to get looser with their offense. I think they will get looser with the offense. You can't win protecting your quarterback. Let him play. Find out what he is. And I think that happens this week. I know the Vikings blitz a ton. That leaves a lot of man-to-man opportunities on the outside. Uh, they need to get Christian Watson and gang going. They haven't been, you know, a lot of those guys have been in and out of the lineup. They've been hurt. 
I expected big things from that offense that hadn't happened, but I would lean to the Packers in that game. P, really interesting game in about 48 hours, Thursday night football. And it's funny because the spread isn't that crazy, right? Like if you, you know, August 15th, if I told you, hey, like the Bills are hosting Tampa on Thursday night football, you would have been like, well, well, what's the spread? I'd be like, ah, Bills eight and a half. You'd have been like, yeah, that's about right. And now we're in the middle of the season. That's that's still the number. But like the path we've taken to get here with Buffalo and how seriously we should take them as a good team, a contending team, a little called into question as a result of the, the loss to the Patriots, the game against the Giants, the loss to the Jags. So like, how how do you feel about the Bills right now, about like what their trajectory is this season? And do you think they kind of, you mentioned with the Niners, wounded animals, sometimes they come home and figure things out. Do you think the Bills will do that on Thursday night against Tampa? I do. And uh, look, that team has not played well this year. And when they, but they, when they've had losses, they've come back and kind of regrouped. Uh, I think they will in this one as well. Buff, you know, the Tampa Bay offense hasn't been very good lately. And that's the one thing when you look at the Buffalo defense with all those injuries, they've struggled. Uh, so I do think that they, the Bills will come back home, get the offense cranked up, you know, get Gabe Davis. they got to get Gabe Davis involved in the deep balls. Um, they have to be a little more wide open, I think. And you've heard Ken Dorsey kind of saying, look, he's getting influenced a little bit by Sean McDermott. But Sean McDermott has to realize he doesn't have a great defense anymore. You know, there's so many injuries. Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver didn't play. Tredavious White, Milano, you add them up, and uh, that's a big problem for the defense. So I think they have to get a little uh, freer with the offense. I think they will, and I think they'll handle Tampa Bay. I, I would, I, I like Buffalo in that game. I, I like Buffalo also. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here. It is a terrific football Tuesday. We are happy to be talking week eight in the National Football League with our good friend Pete Prisco from CBS Sports. You can follow Pete on Twitter at Prisco CBS. Pete, we'll get back to the games coming up this weekend in a second, but Ken and I were having a conversation in the first hour of the show. We had this conversation last week also, and the question that we ask each other is, how many teams would you have to take, right, to feel good that you are picking the Super Bowl champion? Like, how many teams would you have to select, right? I think Ken's only got three teams in his bucket, right, Ken? It's the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the 49ers are the three teams that you've got yep. in, 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 in your particular bucket. I've got a couple more. Right. I've got Miami in there as well, and I've got Philly in mine. Pete, how many teams would you have to pick to feel confident that you've got the Super Bowl winner, and which teams are they? Well, you got to, I, I think you're leaving out – I think your bucket is pretty spot on, but you're leaving out Jacksonville, who I think – I picked them before the season to be a Super Bowl participant, and I think you're leaving out the Ravens. The Ravens – you know, for all the talk about Lamar Jackson, the Ravens have the number one scoring defense in the league right now. Now, they haven't played great offenses, and they've had some quarterback situations on the opposite side that benefited them. But I think the way that offense played the other day, it's finally what we expected with Todd Monken calling the plays – and I think Jacksonville hasn't even come close to being as good as they're going to be on offense yet this season. We haven't seen it. They, they've had, you know, last week they started looking like that, and then it kind of fizzled out when they had the fumble punt and then the fumble by Kirk against the Saints. And, and then they kind of got too horizontal because they're concerned about, you know, Trevor Lawrence's knee. They've been too horizontal all year. But I think the throw into the middle of the field at the end of the game, the Kirk will get that offense going and get it cranked up. So I don't think you've seen the best of Jacksonville and they're going to be a Super Bowl uh, contender, and I think the Ravens clearly are. Well, Pete, that kind of that begs my next question, which is about most valuable player, right? We saw Brock Purdy 
you know, not not play really poorly, but lose a game. And I think kind of like the the bloom is off the rose in terms of him winning most valuable player. Patrick Mahomes has a great game against the Chargers, a great first half, at least. He's become the favorite because Tua loses. So you kind of have this pecking order now. Josh Allen loses again. So you kind of have like Mahomes and then Tua a little bit behind that. And then you've kind of got this cluster of quarterbacks. I don't know if anybody really thinks these guys are going to win. Hurts, Lamar Jackson's one of them, a player that you were just talking about. Trevor Lawrence is a little bit behind there. It's a little like, okay, Mahomes is a head maybe it's a little muddy behind him in terms of like who's second can how many players can win mvp the way you were talking about lamar jackson there and honestly the way you were talking about the jags too with trevor lawrence makes me think you think those two quarterbacks still have a shot at this award do you, do you feel that way or do you think it's just mahomes well i think it's mahomes right now but i i think you know when you look at tua uh he's in the conversation i think you know you mentioned uh the guys that are in it uh, you know I thought Trevor Lawrence would be far more advanced in terms of his numbers this season to where to where they are. You know, he only has eight touchdown passes. You you look at Josh Allen, he has 15. And, you know, Mahomes has 15. So he'd have to pick it up. Tua has 15. He'd have to pick it up a great deal to get in that conversation. Same with Lamar. Lamar has eight, um, and he's got to get going in terms of that number as well. But I think Mahomes is the leader in large part because I think the Chiefs are the best team. And in large part because, you know, the 15 he has is soon going to be, you know, getting three and four a game. That was the first game where he really looked like Mahomes in terms of the offense and, and putting up the production last week. I think that's going to get them started. The young receivers are starting to make plays. And, you know, you said all along, once those guys started to make plays, that offense would get back to being the offense. So I would say Mahomes is the favorite to be the MVP and should be the favorite to be the MVP. Pete, final question, about 30 seconds for the answer. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are coming off their bye, hosting the Houston Texans on Sunday in a battle of the first and second overall picks in the draft, a quarterback with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. For someone that watches as much film as you do, how much do you think it matters that Frank Reich handed the offensive play-calling duties to offensive coordinator in Carolina, Thomas Brown, and will that improve things enough for the Panthers to maybe win this game on Sunday at home and get their first win against Stroud and the Texans? Please give us this answer in 30 seconds if you'd be so kind. Yes, Nick, I think it's a panic move. I don't think it's going to impact the offense that much. They have problems on the offensive line. They can't block. Bryce Young has problems seeing. He sometimes sees ghosts when he's taking snaps. Uh, and they don't have a, a receiver down the field who scares you. So everything is condensed, and it makes it a real problem to move the football. So, no, I do not think it's going to impact the offense. Uh, the Texans are also coming off a bye. I think they're going to go in there and play well. D'Amico Ryans has done a fantastic job. C.J. Stroud has been amazing. He makes it look easy. I'd take the Texans in that game. Oh, well, that doesn't make me feel good as someone who likes Carolina on Sunday. Pete basically poo-pooing the move to uh, – well, I also like the personnel's bad. I do think Mingo's going to be that receiver moving forward for Carolina, but we will we will find out. Pete, we sincerely appreciate it. Thank you very much, my friend. On Twitter at PriscoCBS. Watch him on CBS Sports HQ and read his work at CBSSports.com. My friend, stay well. Good luck. Hopefully you have a better week this week with the picks than last week based on what you said, and we'll talk to you soon. You got it. Our friend Pete Prisco joining us here on You Better, You Bet. Well, that threw some cold water on my Panthers bet coming up for this weekend. By a million. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, in Carolina, it's you that's got the problem. Uh, P squared, B squared, our handicap of week eight continues right after this.